listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning again. Thanks for listening to the Duluth version of Real Presence Live. We are coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth on the beautiful shores of Lake Superior. My name is Father Richard Kunst, and I am joined with uh, my new co-host, Kevin Pilon. Kevin, welcome to Real Presence Live. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I mean, the listeners have been, I mean, the faithful listeners I've been tuning in have heard me and Father Ryan Moravitz talking for the last few years and uh, being co-hosts. Father Ryan has went on to bigger and better things. Well, I don't know if they're better or bigger, but he went on to other things. And uh, we want to welcome you, Kevin, to the to the show. Well, he, yeah, he, he is not dead. He is not. He is still alive and well. He might even be listening. So he might be, and maybe he'll call in during straight talk. He probably has a question for I you s- that he's been dying to ask. I sent him a text message asking him to do that. He hasn't responded. We'll oh, see. Shoot. But well, well I'm uh, I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for the welcome. And uh, I am a transplant to Duluth. I grew up down in St. Paul, uh, right near Frogtown, and uh, moved up here to go to school and fell in love with the city and the lake. And and you're not the first Pilon that did that. No, no. Both two of my older sisters did that as well. Yeah. And uh, one of them worked at Scholastica and St. Scholastica. Anyways, uh, uh, met my wife, Tricia, at the University of Minnesota Duluth, and we now have stayed here for the last dozen years uh, living and having our family. We have. Does three. it feel home-home now? It does feel like home. Yeah. You know, coming back always feels like home anytime we're away, even though neither of us like the cold or yeah. any part yeah. about it, strangely. Right. Um, How many kids do you have? We have three. What are their names? Uh, Sebastian, Leo, and Marguerite. Okay. Uh, on down five, three, and one. Yeah. And so the very full life right now, a very, uh, very joyous life. We had a fantastic Christmas just wild yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course i'm sure they keep you busy yeah they do they do and sebastian is really loving skating at his local hockey rink he yeah. loves hockey and yeah which one uh, is that is that congdon uh, this is portman oh down, okay all right down okay. lakeside okay all right sure yeah. yeah and you know duluth is the last outdoor youth hockey program in the nation it is duluth i didn't know that yes that's so bizarre it's incredible yep the huh. last community run outdoor youth hockey well i'm proud of that yep me too well, there you go. That is what we call the straight talk segment, where you have the opportunity to make a phone call at 877-795-0122 or go to our Facebook page for Real Presence Live and submit a question. The questions can be anything theological, can be anything, can be anything, basically. And uh, this is your opportunity to have an anonymous opportunity to ask a priest a question, or Kevin is also very theologically versed, and that's at 877-795-0122. Maybe I can fire some questions at you as oh, well. Wait a minute. Before, before we go up with the question, we want listeners, don't be, don't be shy, because it always happens at the end of the segment, we get a bunch of questions, but the first part, people don't do it. So go ahead and chime in there with 877-795-0122. I just wanted to say quickly at the end of what you were saying about how Duluth was the last outdoor hockey. So it's, yeah, it's the last uh, community run outdoor youth hockey in it's the crazy. country. So I, I mean, I, I, I like that. I mean, I, I, I grew up in that. So right. I, I grew up in the, I mean, I played hockey for 10 years in the outdoor, 
you know, program that we have here in Duluth. And so and you skate with the best of them. I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I kind of, everybody up here that plays hockey w- was born with skates on them when they were born. So, <laughs> so hockey's a, a, I love that sport and I love skating. So yeah, it's great, but that's a great thing to know. But uh, anyhow, so yes, give us a call. Don't be shy. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to be on the air. Father Ryan, if you are listening, I don't know if you are, you can try and stump Kevin with a theological question. So call 877 877- Seven nine five zero one two two, or go on our Facebook page for Real Presence Live and submit a question. If you're afraid to actually call in, we don't use your names. Well, we can use your name. We can use your first name if you want. But uh, this is a totally anonymous way of um, uh, of checking in and asking a theological question or any other type of question that might be burning in your mind. You, not, not a lot of people have a chance to talk to a priest, and so this gives you an opportunity to do that, Kevin. Yeah, and if uh, those of you who are keeping a beat on what's going on in our news and in our culture want to call in with a question or a comment around that, and we'll share our thoughts from a Catholic perspective, uh, we can certainly do that as well. Yeah, um, uh, you know, I mean, we, we'll answer the uh, questions. Obviously, you get into political questions. We won't try not to answer them from a partisan side of things, but we answer them from a Catholic uh, version of things. And obviously, in the Catholic Church, there's, you know, I mean, we're not partisan, so you can even have different versions of people. You have different priests answer it in a totally different way, and that's the idea of what partisanship is. We're trying to avoid that, but we can uh, respond to even political questions to a degree. So that's 877 877- Seven nine five zero one two two. It's eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Do not be afraid to call in with a question, Kevin. Now, Father, you of course are an elite history mind. I would not say that. I just told the kids at our school at our school mass this morning that I was not the brightest bulb on the Christmas tree. Well, I'm sure that much is true. But when it <laughs> yeah. comes to history, I I don't know if savant is the right word, but you certainly know a lot about it. And I like it. Having just celebrated the Feast of the Epiphany, right? Right. Now, don't don't test me that I don't know a history question. I, I, I don't know. Okay. This this might be. I might not know it above your scope here, but we mentioned three wise men, right? You know, Caspar, Balthazar, Melchior. But I've seen some famous religious paintings and art that show a drove of people right. coming with them. Do you know what we know about? That and was there a large group of them that that came, or did they come shortly after his birth, or did they have to travel a really long way? Was it some time? Could he have been a year old? Could Jesus have been a year old when they showed up? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of speculation on that stuff, and and, you know, we do get a little bit of a little bit of a a window. There's something, and I believe I might be wrong on this, but uh, from the book, what I believe is the Proto Evangelion of John, which is like a like an apocryphal or a, a Gnostic gospel. I could be wrong. A listener could call in and actually correct me on that. But uh, that's where we get the names okay. of the wise men is from one of these Gnostic Gospels. But, uh, um, uh, you know, we get a sense already in the Gospel of Matthew that that time had already elapsed by their coming because it talks about them, Mary, being in the house. They came to the house, mm-hmm. not not a place where the animals are kept, but now in a house. Mm-hmm. And the mere fact that um, uh, Herod wanted to kill all the boys two years and younger might give us an idea that it could have been a couple of years. He could have been a couple of years old by then. That's all speculative, but it kind of, we kind of get little little hints like that. Um, as far as you know, who these guys were or how many, we say three because there's three gifts. How many okay. were there? There could have been one. There could have been ten. There could have been 500. Mm-hmm. There could have been a bunch of people. Were they kings? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we say the three kings, we say the three wise men. They were wise because they were seeking out Christ. I think the more historically accurate thing would be to say that they were magi. 
mm-hmm. which is uh, um, uh, would have been uh, Persian astrologers or even pagan priests, if mm-hmm. you will, who were looking at astrology to um, uh, to try and ascertain certain aspects of the world and great leaders because there was this idea that if a great leader was born then there'd be a new star that would be formed so that was the mindset of the ancients Mm -hmm. so this is not without you know precedence beforehand well and that's an incredible thing because you mentioned these are these are pagan astrologers and these guys are reading the stars if you will and god designed the universe to all point towards jesus christ so they were able to see. I mean, they say they saw his star at its rising. Mm-hmm. That means that they actually. I mean, they were able to figure out Jesus Christ's time and place of birth right. from the universe to, to a degree. To a not, degree. Not, but but before before I respond to that, I'm going to just throw out the phone number again. This is your time to call in. It's eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. One thing that I made the comment in my homily this past weekend is that the star they were using nature. Yeah, you know, I mean, so they were using nature. You know, people say, "Well, I don't go to church. I go and I walk out in the woods." You know, I find God in nature, and I said that's good to a degree. But where did this star lead them? It led them to Jerusalem, right to the center. No, it led them. To, they weren't. They, it didn't get them to Jesus. They had. Oh. They, they, it got them to Jerusalem, and they get there and say, "Well, where is the guy? Where is he? Where is the King of the Jews?" And then they then they had to go to the prophet Micah and say, "Well, he's not in Jerusalem." In Micah, it says he's going to be born in Bethlehem. So. So nature got them so far, wow! but it didn't get them to him. They had to open up the scriptures to find out exactly where he was. And then when they went to Beth, as they were going to Bethlehem, that's when the star preceded them. So nature gets us to a degree to God. We can see God in nature, but we have to rely on scripture to get us to, you know, God himself. He's That's the full revelation. Well, through scriptures in the church and that's you know. incredible. I didn't even know that they were off the mark a little bit. I, I never caught that. that yeah, they ended yeah. up in Jerusalem. Yeah, so my, my point was in the homily, it's like, okay, it's fine. You can find God in nature to a degree, but God fully reveals himself through his word and through his church. So mm-hmm. so 877-795-0122. We are talking about some good stuff here, especially seasonal stuff. Uh, you can also uh, ask questions through our Facebook page if you do not want to be on the air, but I'm certainly challenging the listeners to make those phone calls. We have not. We are yet to get a phone call, but call at eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. And I know in a little bit we'll be speaking about uh, the last rites, and there might be some questions out there uh, regarding that. I know I have several questions um, regarding that. I was just recently talking with one of my best friends, and uh, he shared with me that he's received anointing of the sick multiple times, mm-hmm. and never for anything life threatening. Yeah. And I went, wait, hold on, hold on, how does that work? Right. And he he made a differentiation between getting anointed with anointing of the sick and extreme unction, as sure, you say. Sure, sure. So it, is anointing of the sick something that can be... Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we've done, the the unfortunate thing about the quote-unquote anointing of the sick is that, um, uh, is that um, people think of it as like the last thing you do. You know, it's right before you die. Right. Before I go any further, I'm just going to say one more time, 877-795-0122. This is your time as listeners to call in with your questions, 877-795-0122. But the fact is that the anointing of the sick is meant also not only for our spiritual health, but our physical well-being and our physical health. So the prayers that go along with that anointing very much focuses on the physical health. So if somebody's sick or somebody's before a serious surgery, and they're, you know, they're seriously sick, but not, they're not going to die, 
they should call their priest to be anointed. It's not just as you're on your way out. Mm-hmm. But because we use terminology like last rites, people think, right. well, it's right at the very end. But yep. but you also don't want to abuse it either. So for just an, just as an example, just recently, I had somebody ask me if they if I could anoint them, they were going in for a colonoscopy. And I said, well, I said, that's that's really not the intention. That's not the, the, the mind of the church in regards to, to do the anointing of the sick. So you don't do it for like a, you know, for a, a checkup. A, you've heard checkup or an ingrown toenail or something like that. It's, it's going to be a serious sickness. You know? What? Uh, how does that tie in with uh, you know sicknesses of the brain or of the mind, mental illness? No, Can people I, receive anointing yes, for that. I mean, there's going to be it's going to be the the pastoral judgment of the priest. Mm-hmm. All right, but certainly if somebody is suffering from a, a mental illness, certainly there can be room for 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 anointing of the sick. There's absolutely true to that as well, for sure. Mm-hmm. Call eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Otherwise, the questions can be asked right on Facebook. What yep. is our, our Facebook page? This It's called Real Presence Radio Network. And I only know that because there's a little voice in my ear that said that. Mm-hmm. I'm not on Facebook. Was it Geppetto? No, it was it was a guy, a very wise man. But 877-795-0122. This is the clockwork, Kevin. This is the way I challenge our listeners. It happens every time. We get no questions at the beginning of the segment, but then they come rolling in towards the second half of the segment. We're trying to change that a little bit for you listeners. 877-795-0122. Kevin, do you have another question? I have all sorts of questions. Oh, boy. And uh, you know, this one is, is very current. Don't let Kevin hog this time now, everybody. I'll just fire. I'll fire at Father Rich all well, day. How about if I have a question at you for you? You can. You'll probably get a pretty subpar answer, but you certainly <laughs> I can. I don't know about that. <laughs> but this is very current, and you know, there's certainly a lot going on, uh, kind of uh, blowing up literally in the in the Middle East right now. It's a little scary. And uh, you know, I saw that that um, the Parliament in Iraq just voted to have all U.S. troops removed, and uh, in response to. You know the recent airstrike that happened. Right. You know, from from a you know political, historical, Catholic perspective, from you know your point of view, you know how do we think about happenings like that as Catholics when you know things really seem like they're going off the rails a little bit sometimes? Where where do we find our our ground? God, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you know, I mean, it is. It's it's you know when you when we talk about Middle East politics and Middle East history and everything that goes on with the religion there. Uh, there's no, I mean, it's a mess. It's crazy. And how, how can you define it? I, you, you can't. And so every, every big issue that comes down the pike, every big event, it's like a whole new thing that it's like, there's no, there's no pattern, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. and so, you know, we just, you know, pray, uh, pray that Christ brings peace to this, to this area. And there's lots of, there's a lot of people, as I was saying earlier, that can be very well-intentioned, very faithful Catholics that have very different opinions on what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, to pray to Christ for that peace is what's, uh, what's going to be very, uh, very important. And I, I almost worry for myself about jumping to a really hard and fast opinion on mm-hmm. something so complex that Very. I don't understand in the least. Exactly. You know, you have you have on one hand, you, have, what did you say Soleimani, the, yep. the general, right. the, the Iranian general, and you have the the crimes that he was committing. He was killing a bad, his he was own. A, he was a bad dude, killing Christians, killing right. Muslims, and then you have, you know, suddenly the, the U.S. forces an airstrike and he's gone. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't really know enough about it. I'm 
I I guess my default is just that I need to pray for him. I need to pray for right. the president to right. pray Absolutely. for our country. Absolutely, and just and you know, and the one thing we need to know is that we that that our president has more um, uh, intelligence than the newscasts do, or we have. So he knows more what's going on because he's got that intelligence. Not that he's smarter, but he has the the intelligence from our intelligence the info. If right, you will. right. Yeah, and uh, I think that we're going to have a, a call. I don't know if the caller is on the line and ready to ask the question now, but I know that somebody is coming in with a call shortly. Doesn't look like they're ready yet, but um, uh, so yeah, this is a um, it's a it's a confusing time. It's a scary time. It's certainly the time that we should um, that we should be praying for our president and praying for all those that are in uh, leadership. But we do it looks like we do have somebody here online, Lynn from Sioux Falls. Lynn, you yeah. get the prize for being the first questioner today. <laughs> well, so Lynn, what is your what is? I've been putting it off for oh. a few days because I've been in the car different times listening, oh. but I just. Um, wondered if all priests are required or obligated to say Mass daily, even after, like, retirement and everything. Does every priest say Mass daily? That's a good question. Uh, I wonder myself. No, I I do have (laughs) Actually, the um, uh, the fact is that that priests are not required to pray Mass daily, but if you... As a priest, if you, you know, obviously there are circumstances where they might not be able to, but if right. you are able to as a priest, it certainly would recommend it. Then you understand okay. the significance. If we understand the significance of the Eucharist and the Correct. the power, the spiritual power of it, why? and you're a priest and you're able to do the Mass, why wouldn't you? You know? Okay. And so, uh, but but then again, you know, I mean, I also recognize I'm a priest and I'm a very busy guy too. And I, and I realize that when priests, sometimes priests will have a day off. They just like want to like totally chill. I, and some people might be scandalized by that, but priests are human. And uh, so the the short answer is that they are not required. They are okay. certainly encouraged, but they have okay. the same requ- They have the same Lynn. They have the same requirement in regards to Sunday masses. Though they have an obligation to either go to mass or to say it themselves. So the, mm-hmm. the obligation remains for the priests as well. Okay. Good question. Well, thank you Thanks, very Lynn. much. Have a great day. Enjoy your day. Thanks for calling in, Lynn. All right. So uh, that was our first question. That means a whole bunch of other people are going to start calling now if, it, if the past is any indication of the future. So that's 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122, or you can reach us on our Facebook page. All right. So now, follow-up question to that. That's different than... Uh, the liturgy of the hours. Now there are prayers yes, for you as a priest that you do have to pray every day. Is Absolutely. that correct? Absolutely. That, that's a very good. Uh, that you're right. And so, peop, you know, the official, the official prayer of the Catholic Church is not the Mass. It's the liturgy of hours. And so, when you're a priest and you're ordained, you take for a diocesan priest, you take three vows: a vow of celibacy, a vow of obedience to your bishop, and a vow of being faithful to the liturgy of hours. And so. It might seem strange to hear for some listeners is that where it's not an obligation for a priest to say Mass daily, it is an obligation for a priest to pray the Liturgy of the Hours. It's one of our vows. And so, uh, and so yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, seems, it almost might seem strange to some 
listeners that that's the case, but it is the reality. Call 877-795-0122. We've had one caller so far, and we are waiting for others. 877-795-0122. You heard Lynn on the phone. She was waiting for a couple of days. She's been percolating with that question before she actually made the phone call. And so if you had a question that you've been wanting to ask, uh, now is your time. 877-795-0122, or reach us on our Facebook page. How often are you praying the liturgy of the hours each day then, Father? Well, I mean, there's something that we call uh, um, the hinge hours, which is like morning prayer and evening prayer. But then there's the, uh, the you know, the office of readings. That's what I do first. And then morning prayer. And then there's daytime prayer. And there's various levels of daytime prayer. You know, mm-hmm. it could be mid-morning, it could be midday, it could be mid-afternoon. Uh, so a daytime prayer, then an evening prayer, and then a night prayer. Okay. So basically five is what we say. Okay. So, Did you have any insights this morning from from your office of readings? Anything uh, that stuck out to you? Um, you know, we had options today. So we had the option for the Tuesday of the week after Epiphany before baptism, or we had the feast day of uh, St. Raymond of Penafort. Okay. And so I did the, uh, I did the reading for the uh, Tuesday, and um, I just remember it being good. <laughs> that's how i remember most of your homilies oh yeah. you don't remember any specifics no. you, hey that was pretty good but i don't know what it was uh you probably threw a snickers at somebody at yeah some point. I, don't, I don't do that as much as i used to i've done it once since i've been here at st james but anyhow that's okay anyhow 877-795-0122 we want more callers don't be afraid let lynn start that uh, process 877-795-0122 or reach us on facebook yeah, what's going on in your day? What's going on in your life? What are things coming up that you have thoughts or questions about? We certainly want to hear them. We have just about 10 minutes left in our segment today. And uh, I think maybe people are intimidated with, by you because with Father Ryan, I mean, we've getting a few more questions by now. Maybe they're worried about you. Uh, maybe they just are worried that I'll say something that I shouldn't say. I don't know. That's uh, happened that's, before. Well, I, yeah. we would, well, we would would have Eli in the in the back room push the mute button really quick, maybe. Okay. Is there a delay, Eli? Can we mute I, me if I say something I, off the rails? There is a delay right now. Okay. Okay. Well, so okay. Well, we better stop talking about that. Uh, anyhow, eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. I think we're going to be getting another phone call here shortly. But uh, as we prepare for that phone call to be ready for us. Just a reminder, this is your opportunity to ask a priest or a, an, an adept theological student, and Kevin, any question about anything that's going on theologically or even what's going on in the world or in your life, and you can do that by calling our number, which I've said many times already, but I'll say it again, 877-795-0122 or via Facebook on Real Presence Live. Do priests make New Year's resolutions? Do you have any of your friends or brother priests that... I'm have, sure. I'm sure some from? do. I do not. Okay. So I do. I do make Lenten resolutions, but I do not do New Year's resolutions. That makes some sense. Do you? No, I don't. Yeah. Not not at all. I'd break it anyhow. Well, I mean, the the year starts the first Sunday with in Advent for us, so we we don't even think of it the same. Right. Way. I mean, right. we lit off firecrackers on uh, New Year's Eve at 10 p.m. I was in Ro- I was in Rome for New Year's, oh, and wow. that's their big thing. Wow. It's it's all about the fireworks. So if for people that have never been to Rome during the during like New Year's, it's very much like the Fourth of July over here in the United States. So they do New Year's very much that way. That's fantastic. Yeah. No, I like I like that. Uh, do, do you were you there with a group? Yeah, with a, a small group. I just brought a. Um, a 
uh, a family, uh, parents, and then a couple of kids. For those of you that are, are listening, Father Rich does lead groups to the Holy Land and to Rome. If and you're ever interested, I'm, I'm give real, them a line. I'm really busy already with all those. But hey, we got another phone call coming up. We got Sally from Box Elder, South Dakota. Uh, Sally, are you on the line? I am. Hi, Box Elder. Box how, how big Elder. is that town? It's east of Rapid City, about 10 miles. Oh, okay. A little right. better community. Do you have a lot of box elder bugs? <laughs> we do. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. So, so we what's have your, box elder creek. <laughs> uh, what, what's your question? Um, my, I was talking to my sister-in-law who lives out in the state of Washington um, last weekend, and she was telling me she's been she's very, very involved in her diocese, and there's the priest has not, I, I, how can I say this, elderly people, a man and a woman that are widowed, their spouses have passed away, and they have now started living together because they absolutely cannot afford to live on their own. They have no family to support them. They do not want to go and get on, well, I don't even know if they can get on all kinds of government assistance. But they're living together. Uh, she did not believe they were having sexual encounters because they were quite elderly. But when she talked to the priest, the priest said that he did bless, still gave them blessings. He didn't really condone what they were doing, but he was not going to chastise them because it was a case of survival. Yeah. And I'm just wondering if that is something that is just an anomaly with some of these parishes it's, that yeah. are on the west a, coast that are a little more liberal. It's a it's a it's a good it's a good question. I don't know how often something like that happens. There's so many social programs that help people that are in need, and families obviously help people. Uh, I would say, I mean. I don't know anything other than what you're telling me. All right, so there can be other factors right. that are in, involved, but from the sound of what the priest said is probably something very similar to what I would say. All right, that that uh, you know, I mean, if it's strictly for the sake of the living circumstances, being able to survive. Although, again, in this day and age, I have a hard time understanding how that can be. Although I'm sure it does happen. I don't know everything about stuff like that, but if they strictly were doing it to survive, to pool their resources, totally living separately, completely, but just doing it for a financial reason. And, you know, you have to trust that. I would, I would, I would kind of say pretty much what your priest, what the priest that you're talking about would have said. You don't condone it, but you can't chastise them. Yeah. And even just to right. add, or communicate them or anything because they're not married. And I, no. and she just, you know, she said, I, you know, I didn't specifically ask the priest, you know, are they living as husband and wife, or are they just living as roommates? Yeah, that's the difference. Well, that's, question, that's question asking. Right, and and you know the thing is that life is not black and white. Life, I, I learned within like my first three weeks of being a priest that life is very gray. There's so many factors that come in. And that's why it's hard to answer a question like this very well without with only knowing what you know that what you've been saying. But but thank you very much, Sally, for the question. We do have another caller. We have uh, Oli from the Oli. Oli, I think I know who Oli is. Oli, uh, welcome to Real Presence Live. It's uh, Oli from Esco, Minnesota. Oh, I know Oli then. All right, Oli, what's your question? And I'm 
and I'm sitting in the parking lot. Uh, oh, I, didn't, I didn't want to face you guys face-to-face with this question. I figured I'd give you a chance to do it over radio. Okay. <laughs> Go anyway, for it, Oli. I was at a... I was at a funeral on Saturday up in Hibbing, Minnesota, and it was being uh, run by a Lutheran minister from Two Harbors, and he had everybody do the Apostles' Creed, and then toward the latter half of the Apostles' Creed, uh, it says, I believe in the, or he says, I believe in the Holy Spirit, and I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, and then on with uh, communion and saints, etc. So my question is, so when the Lutheran uh, pastor is is um, reading the creed, and this must be happening in other Lutheran churches. Is is that because they are reaffirming the time prior to the Reformation, and that the Catholic Church is the premier church where it all started, and acknowledging that with their in their Apostles' Creed as they that, believe that. that. That's a, that's a that's a good question. Actually, um, that's a question that actually comes up fairly often when uh, you know our people go to different churches and denominations and and hearing the prayers that we pray as well. And the term Holy Catholic Church is something that's part of the creed. You know, you you shouldn't yeah. be changing because some I know some change it to Holy Christian Church. The creed, the Nicene Creed, the Apostles' Creed needs to be faithful to its origins. And here, the term Catholic simply means universal. So it's not a reference to the uh-huh. Roman Catholic Church and the Pope and uh, that hierarchy. It's okay. um, uh, it's Catholic in the universal sense that the Christian Church is in fact universal. And so that's so when when somebody changes it to Holy Christian Church, they're messing with the creed and they can't they can't do that. And so just okay. recognize what they reckon you should recognize what the term actually means and go with the original creed. But thank you very much, Oli. We'll see you as you come thank in the door shortly. Sense. I'm sure. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Oli. And uh, uh, we did have a, a we, question on Facebook. Maybe it just uh, got it just disappeared. Deleted. Yeah, I think I maybe think, it was rescinded or redacted. I didn't even get a chance to read it. Did you read it? I did read it. And uh, oh, it's, there it uh, is. So please, ex- this is from Phil on Facebook. Thanks, Phil. Please explain one baptism for the forgiveness of sins in quotations, and if it refutes a heresy. Can you speak to that a little bit, Father? Rich? I don't know what he means by if it refutes a heresy. I, I guess I'd have to know a little bit more what Phil's asking about. But um, one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, there is only one baptism. So that's why, as Catholics, and somebody's coming into RCIA and want to join the church, um, we recognize all baptisms in uh, you know Christian churches that do it the proper way. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Now, some um, uh, some religions don't do that type of baptism. So, like, for the example, the Church of the Latter-day Saints is that if somebody got baptized in that church, we have to actually baptize them because it wasn't baptized in the Trinitarian form. But there is but there is on, there is only one baptism. I mean, St. Paul says that, one baptism. And, and so, as Catholics, we recognize the baptisms as long as they're done in that Trinitarian form of every single denomination. And I know there are there are some uh, Christian communities that don't baptize. They will do a dedication or, you know, they'll do mm-hmm. some, some sort of, you know, ceremony, but they will not do baptism intentionally. So maybe that might be what he's referring to, but or, maybe not. Or maybe if they, um, sometimes a lot of denominations, or maybe, I don't know if a lot, but some denominations don't baptize as infants, and they let right. the person choose. And mm-hmm. so um, some people might have had some sort of a dedication. I don't know, I can't really speak to that, but... As far as baptisms, there's one. Mm-hmm. There's not multiple baptisms. There's one. I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And anybody can do it as long as you do it in that Trinitarian form. You don't need a priest. You don't need a deacon to do it. Anybody can baptize as long as it's baptized in that one 
baptism. And to qualify that, anybody can baptize in an emergency. Anyway. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Not just go around throwing out baptisms no. with your water bottle. Right? No, that is not an actual baptism. So you're right, it has to be done in an emergency or in other circumstances as well. But So we've had, like I said, I, I, I call it every time. We get all the questions at the end of the segment. They're good and so, ones. And they were great. good questions. Yeah. And, and, and so I certainly appreciate the calls that have come in, uh, the questions that have come in. Anytime you want to do that with uh, Real Presence Live every single day, I know that we have a call-in segment.